0: What's going on, everybody? Josh here. Before we get you ready for another edition of the Four Corners Podcast here, this week's ad from DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters like myself, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will, too. Listen to this great offer. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Then, on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wagers are paid out in sight. Credit restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. The 12th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is Carolina Basketball.
1: Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Michigan out! It back out to him, long outside shot, short rebounded. it.
0: made, it's over, Carolina has won the national
1: championship. Belton ready on his second attempt. That one is no good, a battle for it, loose ball, recovered, Marvin, he scores, 17 seconds left. 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels, they are the national champions. Matthews off the mark and this year the confetti is going to fall for
0: North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. From HeelToughBlog.com, this is the Four Corners Podcast featuring your host, Josh Marlowe. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys. Got a loaded episode today. Carolina landed a coveted transfer. The NIL name, image, and likeness is officially here, and of multiple Carolina players to take advantage of that. I'm going to talk some NBA finals and another scheduling update for the upcoming season. But first. We start with the new segment that everybody loves, especially the co-host uh, here, Anthony. <laughs> Does everybody love it, or do everybody, I just love it? Oh, loves cool. It, okay. Which is the pod thought of the day. And this is one. It's from Roy Williams. It's the one he uses the first time, the first practice of the year. And now, because of summer ball, Hubert Davis using his very first practice that he conducted last week. And it goes like this. It's amazing what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit. And I think that goes to share for this podcast. It doesn't matter who gets, you know, we can accomplish anything, no matter if I'm getting all the credit or if you're getting all the credit or, or if we're getting no credit.
1: Nobody's getting all the credit.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we get much credit. So, but, um, so there's our pod thought of the day. I did want to mention that have you had a chance to see the video that they put out last night of coach Davis mic'd up at his first practice as the head coach
1: uh yeah I saw it, yeah I saw it this morning uh, when I was sitting uh, after I finished uh, the radio show
0: if if y'all haven't taken it's five minutes long take your time it's on it's on Facebook Twitter Instagram just follow the basketball account and it's great um a lot of people thought maybe we were getting a less emotional head coach and we're moving on from Roy Williams in a lot of ways. Shebert Davis is just as if not more emotional um than Roy and it was just really neat seeing him interact talk with the guys um and it, you know just a really neat thing i mean we we knew that like when he
1: was at his press conference I mean I think we could tell, and then the one that I think showed it was if you saw the talk that he had with the football team, which was like, what, probably like four or five days after he got hired, you could tell right then and there that like there there, there was a lot of passion in, in that speech. So I think he just continues to show that this job is more than just a job for him. And I think that's the biggest thing that Caruana was looking for, and that's the reason why he got the job, yeah. ultimately.
0: So we'll move on. As I mentioned, Carolina landed a coveted transfer. We talked about this the last time we were with you, um, and they they officially got Dawson Garcia earlier today um, or yesterday, depending on what time you're hearing this recording. But this is a big get for Carolina. He was arguably, the time he entered the transfer portal about two weeks ago, the biggest transfer on the market. And I know this has been a busy offseason with transferring. He's probably a top – Five to ten transfer of the whole, of the overhaul overall uh, transfer uh, market. Yeah, you had to say evening. that because,
1: <laughs> believe it or not, since then Kofi Coburn has entered the transfer well, I mean, portal, got, which has drawn
0: a few more eyes as you well. Got him. Remy Martin transferred
1: from Arizona State. Which, by the way, did you see that he was he transferred to Kansas and was still he was still in the NBA draft yeah. too. Like pretty much anybody that transferred. That was a big name this year. They,
0: they're all their names were in the NBA draft. Yeah, like that's, that's how it's going to work moving forward. They also got Joseph Yesufu, so uh, you know, and Carolina already landed Brady Manic. And when they got Brady Manic, He one. was a pretty big transfer target. Justin McCoy, not as much, but he fits what Carolina's looking for. But this, this really puts Carolina, in my opinion, back in the contending in a contention spot to win the ACC. And if you're if you're competing to win an ACC title, that usually means your second weekend or Final Four good. When you get to March Madness, uh, Garcia averaged 13 points per game, six points, six rebounds as a freshman. He earned all Big East freshman honors. But of course, we got familiar with him after his recruiting when he scored 24 points and 11 rebounds in Chapel Hill last December. And from the moment he entered the portal. It was believed that Carolina was going to be a leading candidate. And the main reason was that he was recruited by Roy Williams, but his leading recruiter was Hubert Davis. And I think the thing we've seen so far in this recruiting cycle with the transfers and then with the guys that we've had on campus, you know, with Will Shaver, Seth Trimble, and those other guys, is that Hubert Davis has excelled at making these relationships quick and they're firm, and they're really strong. And I think that's what really – that's why Carolina was the leader to get them all along, and that's why ultimately Garcia is in Chapel Hill.
1: Yeah, I, I, there's a lot to like about him. Uh, he was, uh, extre- as you mentioned, extremely highly touted coming out. Uh, Carolina was in, uh, in his recruitment for – Pretty much the entire time Um, But pretty much when they got Walker Kessler That was pretty much the nail in the coffin For him, understandably so Because he looked at the front court that Carolina Had at that time and said, okay, well I'm not really going to have that much playing time Uh, That was probably also bolstered By the fact that then, you know, with everything That was going on with COVID, he saw That, okay, well, they're going to have a super senior Year. There were some people probably that Thought there's a good chance all four of these Guys could be back next year Um, But, you know, the opportunity presents itself. He ends up hitting the transfer portal and, you know, understandably after you know, uh, Woj... What is his... Steve Wojohowski. I always want to call him Gene but that's the guy from ESPN. Um, And and I mean, look, you know, the game that he played against us was great um, but he played well throughout the entire season. I mean, he played good from the word go. He's athletic. Um, You know, One of the things that I think you're going to look for when you look at these bigs for Carolina is... Going forward, of course, can they shoot the three? That's part of his game. Um, I don't think it's quite at the level yet of of Manic, but he can he can knock down the shot. He looks good shooting the basketball. Uh, the main thing that I saw from him is that he, dude, he could take people off the bounce as a four. Like he's he's big, he's athletic. That's the type of guys that in years past Carolina hasn't had a bunch of those guys. Like, look, last year. If he got to the top of the key, you weren't giving Dayron Sharp the ball and telling him, "All right, drive past the guy." I mean, you could, probably wasn't going to work out great for you. Dawson Garcia is a little bit different. He's got enough athleticism where yeah, he could put the ball on the floor and drive past you. And I mean, look, Marquette wasn't great last year. Marquette played some really good teams and he had some good games against some of these teams. I mean, well,
0: I think that's I think that's the thing is you look at all the three transfers you've brought in, Marquette Oklahoma, and Virginia. They're all power five guys that have experience playing in the ACC, the Big East, and the Big 12. And I think that matters because we saw how hard it was for Christian Keeling and Justin Pierce to adjust in that, you know, from CAA to the ACC – and I think that's something that's been – that Hubert Davis has monitored is the guys that they're going to target. They're going to be guys that can play high-level basketball against high-level competition, and that's definitely Dawson Garcia. Um, a great stat I saw on Twitter is in the last 25 years, UNC has only made, has only had uh, players 6'11 or taller make seven three-pointers. Those are from John Henson and Zurge Swicker. Dawson Garcia alone May 26. So think about just the whole when I mean, you you're trying to factor in this thing. Was Hansborough
1: was he 6'10"? I think so. Okay. I was going to say he's got to be on there, right? Like Oh, um, okay.
0: Okay, yeah. And I, you know, I think the biggest thing, and we'll talk about this as we moved into this topic is does the starting five now change because I think when you're looking at the whole when we're go- going into it your starting five was Love, Davis, Black, Manic, Baycott. You can still, uh, but with Garcia, you can start him. And even though he is six eleven, you're not. You're, you're still gonna be able to space the floor and do everything that you want to do. Um, and he's a better rebounder than Brady Manic is naturally. He's a little bit longer, so you got the size. I saw a lot of people think that Carolina starting five is going to be Love. Davis, Walton, Garcia, Manic, or Baycott, meaning that leaky black's coming off the bench. I mean, yeah, that would
1: that would be my plan at this point.
0: Yeah. I, I don't
1: think there is any way. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't have him in the starting lineup even when we didn't have before they had landed Garcia. I did not think that he would be the best thing. I I thought the best Backcourt situation for this team would be to have Love, Davis, and Walton. I, I think at this point, I don't think there's any way around that unless you're going to try to put Manic at the three. But I, I, to me, I think that limits you defensively.
0: Well, Although I think, I think that's the reason why Leaky is going to factor into this because is Carolina going to be good defensively with the backcourt of Love, Davis, and Walton? I. I mean, look,
1: you 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 were a lot higher on some of their performance. Ma- mainly, you were a lot higher on Love and and R.J. Davis's upside when I it comes defensively in, really the, great in the court. I don't know. On to ball me, defenders, I don't know if. Uh, Kerwin Walton might be one of those guys you just have to live with. Well, you're, you're like going I think to he's right, taking he's taking away
0: that three-point. He's shooting. your best
1: shooter right now. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I but the other guys, I mean, yeah, I think they could be a, a, a solid defensive backcourt. The thing for Leakey is is like and, and look, I the look, he's going to have a role off the bench. If you think that he's just not going to play, I, I don't know how to tell this to you. If he's that going were the to case, play. He would have he would have transferred. Yep. They, they would have set him, Huber would have set him down and said, look, Leaky, thanks for all you did, man. Uh, we're going to help you get in the transfer portal. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't see him not having a role on this team, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as extensive as it's been in the past unless he can prove himself. And you know what? I think that might be the best thing for him.
0: You know, I've said it all along. I think in an ideal world, he's in that role of 2019 where he's coming off the bench and he does all those little things for you. I do think, if I had to say, when we so, when we open the season in November, I do think he'll be a starter. Now, will he be a starter come ACC play? I don't think he would be if he's starting at the beginning of the season. Unless he is more efficient on the offensive end And he's doing all those little things. His value comes on the defensive end of the court, how he can guard multiple positions when he wants to. I think that's the biggest problem we've had with him is that he's got all these physical attributes, and he hasn't given us the effort to go along with the talent. And defense is all about effort and want to. He's got to want to defend. He's got to want to play hard. And, you know, if he does, I think he'll have a chance to start. Right. You know.
1: Yeah, the the thing with him also is that I think, you know, we saw it from – when he, when he came in at, at, at a high school. One, you didn't know a whole lot about his offensive game. We were just told that he's an athletic guy that can get up and down the floor. Uh, and that's pretty much what we've seen. We, he doesn't really have much of an offensive game. The other thing, and I think something that he's really struggled with, is the fact that he was so heavily compared to Theo Pinson and to Kenny Williams who came before him, who were really good lockdown defenders at the guard position. He's a little bit taller so I think that you knew that he maybe wasn't going to be able to handle some of these quicker, you know, guards that he may get matched up against. But I think the thing is, is like you said, man, he's just gotta just just you gotta put it in e- the same effort every time you are on the floor. Because yeah, I think there's been times where, you know, he's he's kind of checked out. And to be honest with you, to, part of me doesn't blame him. I mean, these last two years have not been the best in Carolina history. And, of course, last year was one of the most unorthodox sports seasons ever. Like, that's something that no nobody is hopefully ever going to have to really live through again, where you're completely in isolation. To be honest with you, you couldn't really work on your game all that much because you couldn't practice the way that you normally do. So... Uh, we'll we'll see. I, I I think that coming off the bench probably serves him well. But I'm going to tell you, uh, if he doesn't step up and play great, they. I mean, look, Anthony Harris has shown that he can bring that defensive presence off the bench for you. He's a little bit smaller, but if he really doesn't bring the defensive efficiency that Hubert Davis wants. Those minutes will continue to dwindle on him because Hubert Davis is not going to put somebody out there that's going to hurt his chances of winning. You you can tell by these moves that he's made already. Hubert wants to win and win now. He's not waiting because he well, they, knows they that they if he wait waits, here. right? If he waits, the pressure only going to get uh, uh, is only going to continue to amass on you, and things aren't going to get easier.
0: I, I think the best thing that comes with the landing of Garcia. When, and, you know, you brought so much of your people back that you thought you could you could lose because we thought when we started the offseason you could lose Love, Davis, some of those guys. I think this roster now has the most flexibility it's had since 2019. And we all remember what 2019 was. They won 16 ACC games the most in the history of the program. They went to the Sweet 16. Um, and so I think that's the thing is that with Garcia – like if I had to say right now, my starting five when we open the season is Love, Davis, or Love Walton Black. I want Garcia in, starting over Manic. I much rather have Manic coming off the bench and then Baycott. But Carolina is all of a sudden they're deeper at the front court again because now you got four guys, whereas two months ago you had one. Um, and you're you've got you've got some wing talent, you've got your backcourt back, court bag, and I think it really helps you're not gonna ask a whole lot out of your freshmen. We were entering the offseason gonna asking DeMarco Dunn and Dontre Styles, you need to be you need to be impact players when you arrive on campus. And look, they may turn out to be, but right now there isn't pressure for them to to produce and perform right away, which I think is a good thing because the history of freshmen producing at a high level that aren't named Kobe White or Cole Anthony, it's pretty small.
1: Dude, we were at, dude, there was a point where we were going to have to ask Dontre Styles, hey, man, you think you got a little bit of Tyler Hansborough freshman year in you there? Because you might be starting. <laughs> when, when we had no clue what Armando Baycott was going to do. Now, I mean, here's the question. How much drop-off really, really is there from the front court? I mean, I, I don't think... I don't know if they're going to put up as great a numbers as that foursome that they had last year, but I think they're probably going to be pretty good. They're not going to be that far off in terms of production. The thing is, it'll be a little bit different production. They're not going to be able to rebound probably as well. But I'm going to tell you that that trade off of of Brooks and and Kessler and Sharp and getting back Garcia Manic and I guess we could throw Styles in there. That's really not that bad. That that's one you can you can survive that blow and probably still have pretty good success.
0: We you know we recorded an episode earlier this offseason after we missed on a Walker Kessler coming back after we'd re-engaged Hawks. And the whole gist was where do we go? And I think you're looking today on July eighth, and you feel confident that you've got a front court that you can compete at a high level with. Am I wrong to
1: say that right now, on paper, and, and again, I haven't really looked in depth at some at, at, at many of the other teams here? Is this not a top four or five front court in the
0: ACC? Like I don't think there's I don't think there's many better than this right now. I would probably say it's a top four to five front court nationally. I oh think my, there's Oh, that much okay. Talent. All right. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going that far because I, I just don't know a whole lot about just, the national landscape. There's Institute, that much right. talent in that frontcourt. And I think that's the, the next question I have on here. And I've already made the statement. Put it in the article. I think this move makes Carolina an ACC contender. And I think this puts them in the conversation to make a run to the Final Four in Hubert Davis' first season as the head coach. Do you agree? <sighs> that's a lot I mean that's a lot to
1: ask in your first season on campus I will I don't know if I would go as far as to say I, I guess final four contender maybe because I think that's that's pretty broad and I don't think about 2025 20, teams yeah because I don't think four. I mean coming into this year like who are these like surefire teams at the top of the country like who do you think is gonna be great
0: Kansas Nova Michigan,
1: Kentucky probably Kentucky's be in gonna there. Be
0: good. Duke's going to be good. UCLA is going to be pretty. Yeah, but okay,
1: good. okay. But Duke, I think the question with Duke is because they're so young.
0: Gonzaga's is going to be pretty. they those good. Like they lose, they lose a lot as well. You've got a, you've got a nucleus of your seven to eight teams that are going to be, you know. Right, legitimate national title contenders.
1: Right, but there are still question marks about them. Well, I mean, with, Can- with, with, with Kansas, you wonder how some of these transfers will mesh. It doesn't always go perfect. Uh, with Kentucky. Um, I mean, they're they're coming off a year where they were just simply not good. So, I mean, yeah, you can say they got all the talent. They're going to come in and play great. Uh, Nova, I think Nova's probably the safe one. I think that's going to be a team that's going to be really good. Uh, Michigan, yeah, I mean, I would be very shocked if that team's not good, especially with Hunter Dickinson coming back. Yeah. but I mean, look—I I mean, that's that's two teams that you could say, and we all know how college basketball works, anyways. One of those two probably won't make the Final Four. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, what. What I'm saying is, I would probably agree with you because I do think that it is still it's still relatively open. I mean, look at the one seeds from last year, even the two seeds. Like, are we thinking that Illinois is going to be that great this year? Ohio State? Like, no, I don't think they're going to be in that same range that they were a year ago. Baylor? I mean, I I think they're probably still going to be good, but do I think they're a one or two seed in the tournament right now? No. They just lose too much. So, so they're a Final Four contender. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think Carolina is probably a Final Four contender. Um, if I had to say today, I probably wouldn't put them as a Final Four team. Um, and in terms of the ACC, yes. We, we talked about that when we were talking about Garcia entering the portal and if we should pursue. Uh, yeah, they will no doubt, I think, be in that group now um, with Virginia, Florida State, and Duke that you would think legitimately has a chance to win the ACC. Okay.
0: I think they're in that tier right now. Another way that they can elevate their chances. This hasn't been confirmed. It hasn't been, you know, it hasn't they haven't reached out to him yet. There is rumors that UNC is going to get involved with Oral Roberts transfer Kevin O'Banner. Carolina has one more roster spot left open for next season. And look, everyone remembers the run Oral Roberts had in the tournament last year 15 seed to the Sweet 16. And they were moments away from taking down Arkansas, and making the Elite Eight. It would have been the first 15 seed to make the Elite Eight. And everyone remembers Max Amos. He was fantastic uh, in the tournament. Ace, Amos, wasn't that how you said it? Ace, Ace, yeah. yeah. Kevin O'Banner was simply fantastic as well. 18.7 points, 50% from the field, 46% from three, 88% free throw uh, 80, 80, Yeah, free throw shooter. Like I said, nothing official yet. Depends on what Carolina's going to do now if they've got Garcia. But if they land him, if they get involved with him, they're going to be a team that's going to be rumored that he's going to go to. There's going to be a lot of pressure in year one for Hubert Davis to win. And um, like I said, we'll have to monitor that situation. He has withdrawn from the NBA draft, but Ace Smith as well withdrew from the draft, but they are both expected to transfer from Oral Roberts. (laughs) And uh, lastly, um, also today. Jalen Washington, a five-star prospect in the next year's 2022 class, received a crystal ball to UNC, a 6'9 big man out from Gary, Indiana. He would uh, he would be the first five-star prospect that Hubert Davis had landed. And if we do land him, he will join a class that consists already of Seth Trimble and Will Shaver. So to wrap all that up, we feel a lot better about the state of the program recruiting as opposed to we did two months ago.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if uh, Hubert Davis kind of knows what he's doing, guys. Maybe he actually may have been the right candidate for the job. You know, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe Wes Miller would be landing, I don't know. Every transfer out there on the portal, but this seems pretty good. Um, O'Banner, dude, that's the, Remember how you said like 15 minutes ago how like Christian Keeling, Justin Pierce left a bad taste in our mouths with guys that yeah. didn't play at the power level. Yeah, I don't think he'd leave a bad taste. I I think that would be one. I would be I would be willing to taste and see what well, uh, we end go, up with.
0: Go back and watch him against Ohio State. Um, they beat. Florida, I think it was, to make the Sweet 16. And then that Arkansas game was a high-level game as Dude, well. Dude, he can ball,
1: man. He he can play. A, Ace Smith had a lot of focus on him in, the, in, in many of those games, and he stepped up and played yeah. great, man. And with, the, with shooting 46% from the outside, I'm willing to take that risk because this team still needs shooting. They That's do. the one
0: area that they still need somebody. Before we move on to our next, I do want to remind you guys to get over to DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app today. Enter the promo code TBPN to... Enter the chance to turn $1 into $100 in uh, site credits. That's only on DraftKings. Moving on, name, image, and likeness is officially here. The NCAA granted the ability for athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness. This officially kicked in a week ago. Um and just a lot. This isn't going to be a controversial topic on the podcast. A lot of crazy stuff has happened. A lot of great things have happened with this being passed, but there's also been some negative things, like down in Miami, where a booster is willing to pay every guy six thousand dollars on the roster. But it's legal. But it's see, this is the thing, though. It's
1: really not that bad because it's legal. The dudes went through the legal process. He's gone. He's got a
0: lawyer. Everything like that. I still think if there's one school that can mess this up. It's still Miami football. I give it time, and uh, oh, I can't wait till the day Miami comes
1: out and says, uh, yeah, we've hired our next uh, head coach here. Uh, we've got uh, Butch Davis coming back, and our basketball program has brought in Larry Brown." Oh, yes, beautiful. This is it. everything's going to go perfectly smooth here, guys.
0: Um, and so with that, you know, Carolina basketball people—they're going to be very sought after, and two guys have already landed uh, endorsements. Armando Bacot has a deal with Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Nice. And Justin McCoy, he has a deal with PSD Underwear. Excuse me? PSD Underwear? What is that? Go check out his Instagram because that's all over his Instagram. You can buy some great underwear. Um, okay. it's um, so, intriguing. None of our guys... Th-
1: one of the things that's interesting—none of our guys have gone to the logo side of things. There are multiple, like football athletes, I know that have done that. Has I haven't seen a ton of basketball guys, but I'm I'm intrigued for uh, for some of these uh, these logos that these guys are going to be putting out here over the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a wild time. Um- I think this is was well overdue with the amount of money that these schools profit off to what these athletes do, whether it's on the basketball court, on the football field. Uh, we've already seen numerous reports that the Olympic athletes, they've benefited very much off of this, being able to make a little bit of money. And I think the question is, is this sufficient enough for these athletes in terms of what they're going to make? So.
1: Oh, sufficient
0: enough. Like is or is do we still need to take the next step where we're directly paying them?
1: Well here's okay. So here's the thing. Do you need to take the next step is a different question than will you take the next step. If at this point, if people do not think that there is going to be a point in time where these guys are gonna get paid for playing at the school by the school, not not by not by somebody some separate booster, literally paid by the school or by whatever faction is overseeing the college sport, whether it's the NCAA or not. Uh yes, that is coming. You need to prepare yourself for that because that is going to happen at some point. This lays the groundwork for that. Um, I mean, I guess it, it's it's sufficient enough. It's, I mean, it, look, it's it's a numbers game. This is how it, it really works. They don't care. Really, about your production on the court. I mean, your production on the court can help. What matters is how many people do you have that follow you on social media? Because that's where most of this advertising is going to go through. You'll get some of these other local sponsorships that may want to put these guys on TV or something like that to do like, you know, a car commercial or something like that. You know, hey, Armando Baycott here for Chapel Hill Tire. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably see some of those. But for the most part, the big thing that these guys have to do, and I, I, we've seen it. I know Mac Brown and his staff have done it on the football side of things. They've had, they've literally taught these guys marketing themselves They've gone over stuff of how to market yourself. Even though you might not play a whole lot, you can still market yourself in other areas where you have talents and, I mean, I, you know, we I saw it, you know, with a couple of guys uh, already. Remember a couple of years ago, what was it, the Central Florida had like a kicker or something, right, that had like a podcast or something? YouTube page. Couldn't, couldn't do that. Now you can. So there's other ways for these guys to market themselves. So I think for the most part, it will take care of a lot, a lot of guys. It's going to help. I mean, look, it's going to help some of these guys that, I mean, people say, well, you're getting a free scholarship to go to school and everything like that. Okay, but there are plenty of guys that we've heard from, from people that are inside of the program. We've seen stories that have been written about guys that end up having to send their stipend checks and everything like that home to their families because their families, even though they're off in school having success or whatever, even if they're not having success, they just got recruited to the school because they were good enough. Their families are still struggling because they're not bringing in any money. Yeah, the free school is great, but when you're still not bringing in any money, it doesn't make sense. And, I mean, the thing is, is like, well, you know, these guys could get, just get a job. No, they can't. They, they really can't. It, it's I mean, the life of a student athlete is, I mean, it's, it's difficult enough as it is. Uh, and, I mean, look, if they get a job, I'm going to be honest with you. How easy is it for you to then be good at the sport that you're playing? Because when you're not practicing, when you're not at games, you're still usually working on something. You're watching film. Maybe you're even outside, you know, practicing on your own. There's so many things that go into that, not to mention all the schoolwork that you have to do. So, yeah, they deserved it, especially, I mean, when you see how much money the NCAA brings in, man. It's unbelievable how I much money think, they make off of these kids.
0: I, I think there's got to there's got to be a cap somewhere. There's got to be a number to where it's like you can make up to this, but I mean that's it. I don't think that's going to happen. Here's the thing about that because you're going to look at if Bronny James goes to college, Archie Manning if he goes to college, those guys based off their social media following, following what they're what the schools are going to play for. They will be teenagers signing million-dollar endorsement deals.
1: Well, I mean, here's the th- Well, okay, so for Bronny, which I've thought about this, uh, st- always the chance that he doesn't end up playing in college. He could go to the G League team. I mean, he's going to be good enough where if he wanted to go to that G League team, he could go there and still be the number one pick very easily. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he probably will play at the college level. Now, this, at, at this point, we've heard LeBron say before he would want him to play for a all-time great coach. Well, Bron, you're running out of time, buddy. <laughs> they, they all seem to kind of been, be moving on in their own directions here, uh, you know, with Kay and Roy retiring. Uh, you would imagine Jim Boeheim's probably pretty close. So we'll see. Um, I, I mean, look, ain't gonna be, they ain't going to cap this. But here's my thing: there was never a cap on this beforehand. And again, we've talked about this multiple times when we haven't been on air. If you think that this that that people have not been paying these kids before, you are playing yourself. Well, I, if anyone, there have been if anyone plenty truly of guys believes who've got that in their heart. You're, I mean, you're an idiot. Hey, look, I'm gonna tell you: if you want to try to believe that, that's great. If that's what you need to believe to watch the sport and really get into it, then keep, then keep believing that. But I'm here to tell you right now that that's not how it works. Zion Williamson, and this is not me taking a shot at him because this is a Carolina podcast. There is no, anybody with with, with any sort of sense knows that you don't all of a sudden just get a brand new house out of nowhere. Yeah. Same thing with, I, t- I talked to you last night about it. The The guys at Alabama, for the football program, you don't just all of a sudden have the money to,
0: get a, to new call. get a
1: Lamborghini or something. That's the other. We're not talking about them getting the what? What was it that Mitch had? Like a, a Toyota Scion or something. It was not a hip and hip car he got made fun of it for it when he was with the Bears we're talking about we're talking about literal luxury vehicles that these guys are driving we're talking about stuff that business owners drive come on man let's not act like this hasn't been happening now it's just out in the open and I think the biggest concern that a lot of people have like with the Miami situation is well, this is going to lead to Miami being good again. This is going to lead to UCLA being good again or USC being good again. To be honest with you, I mean, for, for basketball, I think it might be a more justified concern. For football, who the hell cares? Well, Honestly, who cares if those teams
0: are good? You're just taking away the amateurism and you're you're lessening college athletics if you're allowing dude if you're allowing people to make hundreds of thousands to potentially millions of dollars.
1: Is the college product really all that great right now? Nah, I'm going to tell you right now, college football's not. I I don't think I'm a guy that hosts the been- host the, po- uh, host the I don't, football podcast. I don't
0: think I don't think paying them is going to makes it better.
1: I think it spreads the wealth in in college football. It does. College basketball might be a different conversation, but I, I think you could still make the case because there will be guys that enter the – train. I mean, you could use the transfer portal because that's going to be a bigger part of college basketball There's and a, college football.
0: That's the main reason or why recruiting. Dawson Garcia chose Carolina over Illinois and, and Marquette. Yeah. The market's bigger. That's true. That's true. You're on ESPN he's every valued, time you play. You he's, play Duke twice a year. You play in the ACC. You're going to play in the NCAA tournament.
1: Right, but here's the other thing that's going to happen with a lot of these guys is that, see, for these guys, it's a little bit different. You don't have the connections that you have to your local community. There will be guys that will stay closer to home when they make college decisions now because there are going to be local businesses that are going to want to work with them. They will literally have deals in place with these kids when they're in high school. I don't... I, I see what you're saying.
0: I think, the I think best it's a thing concern it does, a lot of people share. I think the best thing it does it it takes – and you saw Hunter Dickinson made it known. There's less pressure to go pro because I'm making some money now. Right. And so maybe it'll help both the – because you're keeping these kids in school where they need to be, not because – they need to get an education, which they do, but it's more the product is suffering because all these kids are leaving so much earlier to go make millions of dollars. Well, and they're suffering. I mean, I, you're I talking got it.
1: about you're talking about guys that like I mean, and and this this is because he he left early, and I can't really think of any other examples right now. I mean, look at a guy like DJ Stewart at Duke. That guy left early. I don't really care. Just go ahead and stay in the NBA draft. He ain't getting drafted. Let's be real honest with ourselves here. He ain't getting drafted, but we don't know if the reason that he left was because he his family needs money. There have been plenty of guys that we have found that out afterwards that, hey, I didn't really want to leave, but I needed to leave because I needed to make money in the NBA. This will help those types of guys. It will also help some of the walk-ons that sort of better brand themselves. Than even some of the scholarship guys because they'll be able to make money. Aaron
0: Rollman would have made thousands of dollars off of off of this.
1: Uh, no doubt in hell, he would have been a barstool so, athlete,
0: right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I do. I agree. They deserve to make money. Absolutely, they have that right. They're Americans. Then it shouldn't be restricted. I do think there there has to be a way to monitor how much money they make. The problem is, is that the NCAA isn't going to, that's not the people we need to trust to make that decision.
1: (laughs) They Uh, had to wait till the last minute to go to the Supreme Court, then went to the Supreme Court. Remember, this is a Supreme Court that does not unanimously agree on anything. They are split on every decision, and they unanimously decided, hey, what you're doing is 100% wrong. You need to get. You should be paying these kids at least something. You should be at least allowing them to make money off their name, image, and likeness. That's embarrassing. Embarrassing for Mark Emmert in the NCAA.
0: The good thing is, is that with this, we are getting back the NCAA football game in 2023, and that'll be a great day for gamers around the world. So we can rejoice. Some other Tar Heel notes before we get out of here. The NBA Finals got underway on Tuesday. The Phoenix Suns took a 1-0 lead in their win um, over the Milwaukee Bucks. But more importantly, there's two tar heels in the finals cam johnson with the suns and justin jackson um on the bucks that means that unc will have their 18th different player to win an nba championship justin jackson can join a short list that includes james worthy michael jordan um two guys that have won in college and an ncaa championship um and no matter what, Carolina had their 36th NBA title from a former Tar Heel, the most of any school um, in college basketball. going to be brutally honest. We're going to focus on Cam Johnson here because Justin Jackson is literally the last man on that bench for Milwaukee, but Cam Johnson has a role on this Suns team, and he is a big part of what they do coming off the bench. The former lottery pick has had a spectacular postseason. Mike Breen has raved about him. So has Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, the three guys that anchor NBA coverage for ESPN. Entering tonight's Game 2, which Game 2 will have already passed by the time you've heard this recording, he is shooting 51% from the field, 46% from three, and 89% from the foul line. He is 17 of 30 on corner three-point shots I've made it known that this type of player is what Carolina missing in their program and you're seeing why on basketball's biggest stage in the NBA finals. yeah can
1: he enter the transfer portal again can we get him back for an extra year you got some eligibility uh no he's great man he, he has been playing fantastic I mean to the point where people are literally asking hey can we see this dude more on the court um I mean, there, there were a lot of people that were pointing out the play of Jay Crowder, which you uh, you stepped in, I'll, uh, which I give you a lot of credit for. You stepped in, took off the biased glasses, and said, look, Jay Crowder's on the floor because he's playing great defense, guys. Yeah. Let's let's chill out here for just a second.
0: I love, and look, Cam's played spectacular defense for Phoenix, and Monty Williams has done a fantastic job with his development but just enjoy what he's given you. He is right. turning into our next version of what Danny Green became this time with the Spurs, the Raptors, and the Lakers. He is going to be an elite 3-and-D guy in the league. Yeah, let's just hope
1: he doesn't go to the Lakers and struggle like Danny Green did in last year's finals um, because that Lakers fan base I will tear you to shreds. But also, uh, you did one of them is going to win a title this year, so that means that Carolina will have both a Super Bowl and – a finals champion this year. Uh, that was pointed out about six thousand times on my timeline the other day.
0: Yeah, um, but been a lot of fun. And we, remember, we were all sitting there on draft night. We got we saw Kobe White get drafted. We all thought, well, Nazir Little will be the next guy to get drafted. Phoenix surprised us with the 11th. Dude,
1: minutes. we went and like we we were at a bar and we said to ourselves, ah, oh, we got plenty of time. We can go get a drink. Dude, middle, we're getting ready to get up. Hey, man, the Suns are apparently thinking about taking Cam Johnson.
0: Oh, and it's worked out wonderfully for them. Moving on, last a couple things before we do get out of here. It was announced today, and I'm pretty excited about this because, well, it's in Charlotte, and I think this is just really cool. UNC will participate in the inaugural Jumpman Invitational, which consists consists of Jordan Brand Schools, which is right now UNC will play Michigan yet again in the next three years, Florida and Oklahoma. The event will take place right here in the Spectrum Center. And Charlotte, each team will play each over the course of the next three, next three seasons. So kind of like the CBS Sports Classic where you're going to play everybody with the pit potential for expansion in 2024. Just really neat. I think this is a great chance for the Charlotte to get back in the college basketball map because outside of when they, the ACC tournament comes to Charlotte and the NCAA tournament comes to Charlotte, there's not a lot of college basketball here, and another thing, this will involve both the men's and the women's programs. So a great chance to grow and showcase the women's game. But uh, <laughs> we, we we may play Michigan every year until the end of time. One of these red. two,
1: one of these two years, we're going to play this team twice in the same season, right? <laughs> like, um, come on, man, this is this is unbelievable. So who do you think we're playing this year? Who? Okay, here's a better question: Who do you want? Out of those two teams, because... I don't think there's any way they're going to put them against Michigan
0: this year. Well, it starts no. next year. It Doesn't start this year. Oh, uh, I thought it was this year. No, twenty twenty two. I'm disappointed. Um, I would probably say they'll probably start them with Michigan because <laughs> those are the two biggest names, oh. and you want the brand to try to get people in the stands. But I wouldn't you, be shocked. You know, you got Porter Mosier at Oklahoma now. He's taken Loyola, Chicago to a Final Four and the um, Sweet Sixteen. And Florida under Mike White's been competitive most years. They've made an Elite Eight under him. So. Um, I think, you know, they'll all be attractive matchups. It's in our backyard. Charlotte is our second home. There will be a lot of Tar Heel contingent in Charlotte for that event. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, especially in a building
1: owned by a Tar Heel, uh, especially with that team having a lot more success here recently, you would think that there will be some crossover uh, interest as well, even if Tar Heel fans aren't really the ones packing it out. But they're going to do that anyways. Um, The one interesting thing here, though, is think about this, though maybe that first year might be one of the other two because 20, 2023 would be 30 years since that title matchup maybe. at 93.
0: So, yeah, could be, could be, something to think about. Go ahead and mark your calendar, guys, for December 18th. UNC will play UCLA at 3 o'clock on CBS. And part of the CBS Sports Classic, that'll be a big day of college basketball. They got a triple header, which consists of Gonzaga and Texas Tech will play, Uh, then UNC, UCLA will play, and then Kentucky and Ohio State will wrap up the CBS Sports Classic. Carolina still has two or three games left to add to their non-conference schedule. Hopefully, we will get that announcement in the near future as they finalize their schedule. That's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. We'll let you go get you guys with the website, HealToughBlog.com. We've had you covered with all the basketball news. we got the article about about Dawson Garcia uh, transferring to Carolina. Go back and check all that out. But as we usually do in July, football season is less than two months away. The start of fall camp is less than a month away. Anthony's getting you guys ready with position previews. So get over to the website as we'll get you ready for what's going to be the most anticipated football season for Carolina football since the mid to late nineteen nineties. Last, we do we do want to encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We are on Megaphone. Now which you can find us on everywhere: Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Um, give us a give us a like. Rate me as the host. Review Anthony as the host. We want you guys to subscribe that we get every great podcast right there in your podcast library well that's going to wrap up for this edition of the four corners podcast I want to thank you guys for listening I want to thank anthony for hosting and as always go Tar Heels.